and welcome back to the Eastman's Predator Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Nimnick. Great to be back on with you. You know, hopefully you've been listening now. This is actually the fifth uh, episode of the series. Um, we, you know, what we the plan was we were going to do an initial drop of episodes uh, for you guys. So these five were all dumped initially. Uh, hopefully, you know, you kind of got on a binge. You you started listening to these. Um, but from here on out, we're going to be launching podcasts every two weeks for the rest of the season. So be sure whatever platform you're listening to this on, be sure and get into your settings, um, and you can you can set those settings to automatically download um, those new episodes whenever they come out, and you'll also get notifications whenever they come out. And therefore, you know if you're happen to happen to be on the road, hopefully you know heading out coyote hunting one morning and have an hour to kill, uh, and you want to want to listen to one of these, they'll automatically be downloaded. You can listen to them. You don't have to worry about having uh, cell signal and things like that. Um, but uh, but got some great stuff. We're going to bring you. From here on out, but like I said, from here on out, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get one every two weeks. So, uh, gonna have lots of stories throughout the remainder of the coyote season. So, hopefully, we will have some some good stuff for you. But uh, in this particular episode, got my good buddy Rick Paulette back on. Um, you know, Rick's had this lifelong fantasy of calling in a brown bear, much like you'd call in a coyote. Um, and I'm gonna let him elaborate on that quite a bit. But uh, here, just last month, um, he was able to kill just a monster brown bear up in Alaska. Um, so we're going to talk about that hunt. Uh, we're going to talk about some hunts he's actually done over the last couple, you know, 20 years uh, up in Alaska as well. So should be a fun, should be a fun episode. But before we get into that, I uh, need to take a minute to thank uh, this episode's sponsor, which is Lucky Duck Predator Calls. Now, I've talked about them a lot. Obviously, you're going to hear hear about them a lot throughout this podcast. They're the, they're the e-call I've used. They're the e-call I've used for the last five or six years. You know, it's actually how I got tied in with Rick and and the whole Last Stand uh, YouTube TV show that uh, hopefully you guys have watched. Um, but one feature that I, I really find that a lot of people aren't aware of on the Lucky Duck calls is with the Revolt call and all, and now the new Super Revolt that's that's coming out, um, the call actually has the ability to spin. And with a push of a button, you can actually spin the call to the right. As soon as you push the button, the call will stop. You can spin it back to the left. As soon as you push the button, it'll stop wherever you want it to stop. There's actually a scan button. You can push it, and the, and the call will do basically a 180-degree rotation. Um, you know, this has really been a game changer. They're, you know, they're the only call in the market that has this feature. Um, early on when I started using these calls, I saw very quickly that, you know, how big of an advantage this was for a couple different reasons. A, you know, when you have a horn speaker, you know, and all these Lucky Duck calls have just tremendous volume and clarity. Um, but when you have a speaker like that, the sound only actually transmits the farthest distance directly where the speaker's pointed. Now, the sound does scatter off to the left and right, but not at near the distances as to where the directly the speaker's pointed. So if you're able just to walk out there and point your call in one direction, you know, the sound's going to travel, but it's not going to cover that entire, hopefully, 180 degrees of area you have around you where you're hoping the coyotes are coming from. So having the ability to spin that call and cast that sound out to max distance within that entire 180 degrees, you know, is really a game changer. You're, you're just going to lay the sound on that many more sets of coyote ears. It gives you the ability to turn that call into the wind and really blare sound up into the wind and then turn it maybe on the downwind half. There are lots of different things you can do. And, and I think, you know, by moving the speaker like that, the sound out, you know, if you picture yourself standing out there five, six, seven hundred yards and that speaker's constantly moving, it gives the illusion of movement uh, with the sound 
volumes going up and down like that, and I think that helps to a certain extent as well. So if you haven't checked out uh, any of the Lucky Duck Predator calls up to this point, uh, be sure and do so. Uh, you can go to luckyduck.com, or you can actually visit uh, Rick's website. He sells all the calls as well. Or, you know, if you're looking to upload some new sounds to your, your calls, you can go to Rick's uh, website as well, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, as always, a big thanks to Lucky Duck Predator Calls for sponsoring this episode. Well, Rick, great to have you back on the podcast, buddy. Mm-hmm. You bet. Thank you. We got a little different today. Um, <laughs> you know, it is called the Predator Pros Podcast, so it's not always going to be about coyotes. This particular one is about your, what, 20-year obsession with killing a big bear big brown bear 98 when it started so 98 so maybe it's more not 23 year obsession with not just killing a a grizzly bear or brown bear but calling one in yeah mm-hmm. that is a- so if you follow rick <laughs> on uh, social media you might have saw recently he he did successfully complete a a hunt up in kodiak but before we get into that i kind of want to go back to the very beginning of this um, because I've always found it interesting, you know, just your obsession with calling predators and how it kind of related to to calling bears. So you've been to Alaska, um, you know, so how the, how this whole obsession with calling in a bear start? All right. In 98, my dad and me and Jay Maul neighbor right over here went on an unguided where they just basically you hire an air taxi like a moose caribou hunt. <clears throat> So the guy flew me in in a super cub first and there was bears all over the place. I don't, I don't know. You don't really know where you're at or where you're going. You're just in a plane and the guy says, Hey, I could land you there. So I got to pick the spot out. So I don't know if this was a unit where they weren't hunting grizzlies at the time or why there was so many of them, but they were everywhere. We saw like eight or 10 of them a day. This is in the rolling tundra with, you know, some river bottoms. So we get in there and that was my first experience. You know, I, in 96, went to Canada on a black bear wolf spring, you know, over bait hunt. So I, we shot some black bears, but these things even though they're interior grizzlies, you know, they're like four times the size of a black bear and just had hand calls, you know, and we, I think the, about the second morning we had some caribou come running by us like spooked cattle, you know, and start looking and my dad's like, there's a black wolf in there. Well, then there was all kind. Of, there was a pack of wolves chasing these caribou, and oh man, we shot and shot. Anyway, make a, let's fast forward to the bear stuff. So we were seeing all these grizzlies all over the place, and I keep telling my old man, I'm like, we walk over a hill. There's a there's a freaking grizzly, three hundred yards in front of us, eating blueberries. We squat down. I'm like, I'm I want to call it. I'm going to take Tweed and I'm going to call on it. My dad's like, you're an idiot. Because <laughs> a, a non-resident can't hunt a grizzly in Alaska unless he has a guide. <clears throat> you can hunt moose, caribou, which I always think doesn't make sense because as soon as you shoot a moose or caribou, you're fighting off the grizzly. You know, you know what I mean? They're coming yeah. trying to take 
eat at night. I mean, I don't know. You're living with them, so why can't you hunt? I just thought that was a kind of a money racket, I think. I don't know. Whatever. So he's like, no, you ain't going to do that, you fool. What if it does come? Then what are we going to do? So, but my friend, he was like, do it, do it. And I, I didn't. So a few days later, we're trying to catch up with these caribou. And guess what? Here's this grizzly kind of in this rock outcropping about 300 yards away from us. And I can see him digging and tearing around in there. And he's kind of in our way. And the way we want to go, he would smell us. We've already had a few encounters with a sow with cubs that made me want to get flown out of there already. <laughs> so we decide we're just going to sit and wait and see if he moves off. Well, he keeps rolling these rocks over. And when I say rocks, the size of the recliner I'm setting in big rocks and we're glassing him watching, trying to, I don't know what he's digging for. All of a sudden I see something scurrying out of right in front of him. And it reminded me of a prey dog at the time. I didn't know what it was. Some kind of a, wasn't like a ground squirrel. It was way bigger than that. My dad said, that was a whistle pig. That's what old timers call. Like a groundhog. marmot. Huh? Yeah, groundhog. Like a marmot. Groundhog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I said, that ain't a freaking whistle pig. It's not that big. So we're arguing about it there. And then my friend's like, oh, he just caught one. Look. And then I heard like rodent, lip squeak rodent sounds for just a second. So right then a bell went off in my head. I'm like, a guy can lip squeak that thing in. You know what I mean? So I was yeah, like, yeah. then I really saw one. And that was funny because this thing, we were glass and watching him and he was flipping the thing up in the air, you know, like playing with it after he killed it. <clears throat> anyway, a couple of days goes by. We're headed back to our camp. Here's a grizzly probably 250 yards out in front of us just i don't know what it was doing just lumping around out there so we got down was watching it it's kind of headed towards camp so the old man's nervous about that i think we all kind of are i said hey i got an idea let me call at it it'll come this way it'll quit going towards the camp he's like i don't like it but go ahead so I have, I've actually called one in. I don't know if I ever told you that. No. I, I kind of, so I take a Tweety, wah, 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 and it wheels around and stands up. And I'm like, oh, man, my hair's standing up my neck, you know, and the old man's like, you better hope he don't come in. So it goes back <laughs> down to doing whatever it was doing, walking towards our camp, and I call again. And it does come just a little bit. My dad quick got nervous and shot, you know, in its direction and it run off. So I ain't going to say it. I didn't call that in, but I think I could have for sure if I'd have kept calling. So that's where it started. My fascination with wanting to call one of them things in. I want to see it <clears throat> coming like a hard charging coyote. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I want it to be filmed. <clears throat> and nowadays I want it to 
run over a revolt or whatever the electronic call I got out there. I wanted to grab it and run off. I don't care. I wanted to destroy it, whatever. <clears throat> so get back home from that trip in 98. <clears throat> I don't know nothing about going on a grizzly hunt. I start looking online like ten, twelve thousand dollar deal. I'm like, well, puts me out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So I start saving money, saving money, and call up TR, tell him, you know, about my dream. And uh, it's, the only way I can figure out to do it is to me, dad, and TR, we go on a moose grizzly hunt. And no, most always these hunts are a one-on-one. -on -one. You, you have a guide and you go on a moose grizzly hunt. I start talking to these outfitters and they're like, three's too many. That's too many guys in one spot and to be a lot of, you know, it's, they just don't do it like that. But that's the only way I can figure out how to come up with 12 or 14 grand. So me, dad and TR divided by three is doable, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what we did. We started saving, and in 04, we finally got to go. And I'd been having this <clears throat> dream off and on, and it's always the same. Sometimes I have freaky dreams. I don't know if everybody does, but anyway, so I have this. <clears throat> everybody will laugh and think I'm a freak probably, but here's my grizzly brown bear dream. I'll tell it to you real quick. <clears throat> Me and a bunch of guys are in a line. I don't, I know it, TR's got to be one of them. My dad's behind us running the camera. And my dad, when he's running a camera, sometimes when the action gets good, the camera goes, I don't know why, but he'll just, like he gets too, you know, he quits looking through. Watching and not watching in the camera. I guess, I don't know, but he's done that before on, like, say, a bow kill one time. TR shot we he shot a coyote with a bow and it was it was maybe one of the best ones i've ever seen and my dad didn't get it on tape he was right before the shot and then it then it wasn't the shot wasn't <laughs> on there then he got back on it when it was running off piled up <clears throat> all right so i don't know why in my dream my dad's running a camera but he is so i start calling just huge bear, like a Volkswagen Beetle size. And it's coming just like my dream. I keep looking back, scolding my dad about don't, whatever happens, you do not screw this. But, you know, I keep, I'm really concerned because he's, <laughs> I guess, I don't like in my dream. Why would I have him be the guy running the camera? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I keep scolding him. I said, don't mess this up. No matter what, if this bear gets a hold of me and rips me to shreds, you do not stop filming. Okay. He keeps telling me, okay. And then I look down the line and there's all these barrels sticking out, right? I don't know who all they are. Must be all my friends. And this is where it gets weird and freaky. <laughs> so don't nobody be making fun of me. I can't have it. All right. So. Now I like come out of my body like I'm a, what do you call them, a drone? You know what yeah. I mean? 
I come out of my body and I'm floating up above. And guess what? My favorite show is Braveheart, or one of my favorite shows. We're all got blue faces and painted up like them guys. <laughs> now I'm back in my body. The bear's about 80 yards out, maybe. I mean, it's coming as fast as it can come. I start hearing all these safeties flipping off, right? <clears throat> I start saying, hold, hold. Remember, remember that on, <laughs> yeah, you, on Braveheart. you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> they all got them spears, you know, and they're, and, and I don't know. And he's saying, hold, cause they're charging in on the horses. Just like that show Braveheart. I'm saying hold, cause I hear all these safeties going off and right before the bear gets there, I don't know how many guns are going off and this thing slides kind of like piles into me into my feet and I look up at the old man and then I wake up so that's my I've had this I have this dream off and on and it never changes <clears throat> but anyway so we go in 04 right finally saved up enough money and figured out how I could use my dad as a non-hunter in spike camp why would he want to do that is this he the one you had did you sell a car to is this the hunt I had a 68 Chevelle SS 396 that I bought when I was in high school. And that's how I went, paid for my part. I sold that thing. That's I also had to do this. Oh yeah. Worse than any other obsession I've ever had. And I still have it after just what I got done doing. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So <clears throat> we go. Did you go back to a, a similar area than when you guys were doing your self-guided thing? or? Yeah, it looked about the same. Rolling tundra with a river system. 10-day <clears throat> hunt. We hunt hard. Don't even see a grizzly. Don't <laughs> oh, even see one to take a chance to call at. We called and called and called, just cold calling, I guess you'd call it, you know. Yeah. Never saw one bear. I did shoot a. So what do you think happened? What, like, what, the, what, the, the, what the outfitter say? Just, well, they left or what? No, he he said there was some weird salmon run, and that was what was weird. Was there was some weird salmon run like five miles from where we were camped? And I I was like, man, if I'd have known that, me and Tr, I'd have just hiked five. I just went there. You know what I mean? But. I don't know. I guess they, I don't know. In fact, the guy, there was a weird salmon run, right? And all these bears, he said, were stacked up in this river. And when, when our hunt was over, the, the guy flew me so I could look at it, I guess, and be even more, have more of a gut ache. So we fly by this little stream and there's, there's grizzly stacked in there shoulder to shoulder on this little oxbow or a bend in the river, like about 20 of them. And he said it was just some weird, he'd never seen salmon this far up in this river. So I don't know. I'm assuming that's why we never saw one. It had to be. So I take that back. I did see a bunch of them when the guy was flying me out. When you were leaving at Nome. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. So that was 04. So you're disappointed, obviously. Like, man, yeah, that, didn't, that didn't fulfill anything I wanted to get done. 
sick to my stomach. And then when we land in Denver and me and TR and dad, we all shake hand. We're going to do it. We're, we're going to see Ricky make this dream happen. You know, I'm thinking, I don't know how, cause now I ain't got nothing left to sell. No, I ain't selling no guns to do it. <laughs> so that was Oh four. And then in 2019 was 15 the, years later, you finally yeah got and to put back together. That was because hand call stuff started dying off, you know, in 04, I was still kind of, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah. hand calls. So it took me a long time, you know, to got hooked up with you and Lucky Duck and the e-calls and the sales on the e-calls is the only reason. But I still had to figure out how to use dad and TR, you know, to split it up. Because now instead of a twelve thousand dollar hunt, it's eighteen grand. <clears throat> and your dad's fifteen years older, right? I mean, that yeah, was probably a, a challenge now. Yeah, that was. He's like seventy five or six two years ago. So anyway, finally scratch out enough funds that we that I can do the same thing we did before. But I I had met a guy named Zach Shrum. He's uh, kind of specializes. He's a bear guide in Alaska. <clears throat> he knows bears like I know coyotes. So <clears throat> I'd been telling him a few years before this 2019 trip that I want to call one in, you know, and he's like, I call him in all the time. I said, I told him that I'd found this. I, I want to go on a float. Because when we go to Alaska, they stick us on the side of a mountain in a spike camp. And one day you go north, and then you go south, east, west, right? So, so after you're, limited, four, you're limited to as far as you want to hike in a day, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And after the fourth day, you kind of feel like you've seen and glassed every animal that lives around there. And you're just waiting for a new one to finally stumble in. I mean, I had I had this idea that if we go on a float, if we ain't seeing crap, we just pack up and go. We're in a whole brand new spot, right? It sounds awesome, doesn't it? It's like your coyote hunting mentality. We're not sitting, you know, the more ground, yeah. we're just covering ground until we get in coyotes. You know, yeah, you want to do the same same thing. What I figured out is it is a lot of work to tear down camp completely, fold all that crap up, roll everything. I mean, it is a lot of work. And then to find a new spot that's decent enough, you know, to set up again. It was a lot of work to, to do that. I, I wouldn't do that again, just even though we got to go to a new spot every time we moved, just because it was so much work breaking camp down. And so anyway, so 2019, I figured out this is what, you know, TR. Luckily I got a buddy like TR and my dad that just are, you know, helped me want to conquer this deal. Plus they're hunting too. We got on this trip. We told, I told dad and the outfitter said, yeah, he can buy a wolf tag and you can just hand him your gun. If you guys call in a wolf. Okay. Well, the outfitter asked me if I had any rafting experience, you know, before we went and I was like, yeah, we float down the river and set bank lines. Oh yeah. But I didn't <laughs> was know about whitewater rafting. <laughs> yeah. I guess that, that's what he was talking about, but, when, when I said, yeah, we do, I meant floating down 
well, we have a river goes right by town. We get in a John boat. You can walk faster down the bank than the John boat floats. I had all this in my mind, how I was going to stick the call up in the front of the, when we did move, you know, from spot to spot, I was going to have a call just blaring wide open. And I pictured we we're going to have to have an extra boat for all the wolves we killed that were showing up. You know what I mean? We floated, we floated 90 miles over the 10, 12 days we were out there. So don't, that sounds, I think it could work if a guy could find the right river. But what ended up happening was this river we went on was like had class three white water in it. I mean, you had to have everything strapped down or it was going to be out of the boat around every bend. There wasn't no setting up in the front, relaxing, sipping on a Pepsi. It wasn't like that. Every time I go on a hunt, it's never like it's, I'm not going to say portrayed to be, it just don't, you, 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 you make your mind believe what you want it to believe but that ain't that ain't how it ends up nothing ever is and there ain't an animal behind every bush in alaska it's just not <clears throat> but anyway so zach the guy that specializes you know i'd been telling him i'm going to go on a float and these bears are going to be so stacked up in this river that i'm going to call you know they're going to this is going to work and he told me that when they're eating that salmon he said they could care less what, I mean, and, and he, he was right. I, we did kind of call one in there too. I was playing shelter belt. I've recorded some black bear cubs and this and that, <clears throat> but I happened to be playing shelter belt and TR was running a camera and we got this on film. We maybe should put it out sometime, but this little bear comes running out of the alders and comes about, 50 yards and then it goes i call it slack water or when the river was up and it goes down there's this steel water that's left you know yeah so he's coming and when he goes through this steel water it's full of salmon that are trapped in there and then that thing just took the chasing salmon i play i played about 40 different <laughs> pr's like that thing ain't gonna he wouldn't even look at us after he found them salmon. So Zach was right when they're on that, when they're, you know, when they're eating that salmon, why would they care? They're everywhere. They're, I mean, they're so thick in their streams. You can't, they're just, I, I understand now, you know, it just don't, it just didn't work. Plus the river, that theory of floating down the river with a call blaring, that didn't work because you were hoping you didn't die every time you got in the raft because of the white water <laughs> dad was in the raft with a guide and me and tr tr luckily decided he'd be the he seemed to be you know figured out the rafting pretty quick <clears throat> and with me in the front of the boat with a big long stick <clears throat> pushing us off all the they call them sweepers where a tree falls over into the river so you're floating down the river here and me and we went underneath several and I got it. I'd get up in the boat and stand the thing up the best I could so we could get underneath of it. But he finally, we moved twice and he was getting it figured out pretty good. <clears throat> but I shot a bear, like a seven and a half foot grizzly. I thought it was a pretty good sized one at the time, you know, when you walk up to it. 
didn't call it in. It was chasing salmon in this beaver pond and just ended up just shooting it. Same same thing, though. You set up, just sneak in there and see it. Kind of yep. like if we saw a coyote out there and you tried to set up and yep. call. Yep. Same. Played, played about 15 sounds. He never even ever look at us. Didn't even <laughs> look. Which I, I couldn't even believe that. And I have one of the burst eliminators and I ran, it was like 220 yards. And the guide's like, we don't usually shoot him that far. We can sneak up, get a little closer. I said, I can kill him here. So that's how that happened. I just, TR filmed it, filmed me shooting a bear. And then we got a, we got a big moose too. So we've always been successful, just not what my dream is. So <clears throat> get out of there. Dad kind of dad's figuring out that that was his maybe his last hurrah. So I'm I'm I end up talking to Zach, you know, after, and I think he saw my post on Facebook. He said, "Did you call it in?" I said, "Nope." He laughed. He said, I told you them things eating that salmon, they ain't going to give a crap about your call. And I said, yeah, I guess you're right. So he had been talking about going to Russia in the spring. He said, these bears are starving. He He's told me the whole time, go on a spring hunt. They come out of that. They come out, they're starving. They, they stick their nose up, and as soon as they cut a moose track, they track it down and kill it, or they find a winter-killed one. He said, I call them in all the time in the spring, but that that has just never been, you know, because it's just, it would just be me and a guide. There wouldn't be the other animal opportunities, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I just never did do that because it, it wouldn't allow me to use tr and dad and their money to finance you know to split it up into thirds i just i never could do that plus i'd like to share the hunt with whoever goes along it's not and like this last one i'm getting ready to talk about it's not the same when you're by yourself it's like you're not in the tent with somebody talking about well we should have done this <clears throat> we should have tried that you know it's oh for sure yeah like when we go calling you know it's when you get back in the truck after that stand, it's, it's just different when you're all by yourself. <clears throat> so thinking about doing this Russia deer deal, cause it's only seven grand. You can shoot two bears. And Zach says. The logistics he, of that though is pretty crazy. I mean, you're, you're talking about, yeah. what is that? Kamchatka Peninsula or how do you even say that? Uh, Kamchatka. But first Kamchatka, you got to yeah. like 16 hours to, What's the main place in Russia? Moscow. Yeah, you got to go there. For, it's like you got to go. When you're in Alaska, it's just over, it hops across the ocean. But you you have to land in Moscow. You got to go clear around the world, basically. You go the opposite way. You go flying across, like you fly yep. to the east, clear across Europe and into Russia, yep. right? You got to land there first and get through customs. And then you got to get on another plane for eight hours, I think they said to Kamchatka and then you got to get on some crazy World War II chopper for a couple hours to take you to where you're going to hunt. So that scared me, but I I sent I paid to go do it. And I was ready to go do it and then COVID happened. 
which I'm kind of glad because I was trying to chicken out the whole time anyway about the flying part of it. Yeah. I don't think I could. I don't. I probably. I don't. Don't imagine. I don't know. That's a long time on a plane. But anyway. So this past late winter, like March or something, I can't remember exactly when, Zach sent me a message and said, "Hey, dude." <clears throat> got a guy that canceled and it's in an area and it actually wasn't on Kodiak. It was right. We were within 80 miles of there, but same Island, same everything. They guide on Kodiak and they guide in this area too. So <coughs> he says, got a guy that canceled. It'll be, you know, like a half price deal because we, we need somebody and this is my spot where I've been going and it, it has the biggest bears period bigger than cam bears, but it's going to be a salmon type deal. It's not going to be your scene. It's not going to be your deal with your call. And I kept telling him, man, you'll let me bring a call and try won't you know? And I kept buttering him up, you know, and he's like, well, I don't know. There's sows all over and it'll be, we'll see. We'll just, I, I have history with this bear. He's talking about this bear called Lucky that he had a bow hunter on and they couldn't get it killed. And then, I don't know, maybe a couple different times. And they can only hunt here every other fall. So I talked to Cindy about it and they, it's kind of, the, they let me take this <clears throat> Russia money and roll it over this deal. So it's mostly paid already. So I talked to Cindy and she says, if you'll finish this stupid dream of yours, then yeah, go do it. Get it done. I'd rather have you go here. She was dead set against the Russia deal. She, so she's glad that I'm just going, you know. So I called Zach and I said, get me, let's do it. As long as you let me bring a call, you know, he's like, yeah, we'll do it. He said, after, we kill we kill this bear lucky and he said i'll let you screw around and call you know which ain't a good idea when you're already tagged out what if you gotta whatever yeah what if you have a bear that actually comes all the way yeah. and doesn't want to yeah. leave right yeah right yeah so i went ahead and pulled the trigger on it and that's what we did and then so let's start logistically. So the planning process of this last hunt you did, you know, obviously you're, you're in contact with Zach back and forth, trying to figure out what you're going to do. Yeah. Yep. You know, he's, he's lining everything up for you, telling you, okay, you need to get this flight. You need to be here this day. That is that kind of how that works? I've never been to Alaska. So. Yeah. Yep. Well, the outfitters name is Ovis out outfitters, Matt and Emily Foft is her name. <clears throat> They got, they, they do Brook Range stuff, which is in the Arctic. They, they do this coastal peninsula stuff. And I really like them. They're, they're good people. And then Zach, he is one of their, he's their guy for the, this coastal bear spot. Zach's got this little spot that he calls his, you know. How long had he been guiding up there? <laughs> What's that? How long had Zach been guiding up there in that area? I think 16 years or something like that. I'm not 100% sure on that, but he he does Kodiak hunts and he does moose hunts. He does 
but his specialty is, is a bear guide, I think. But anyway, so he'd had history with this bear and, and he had sent you pictures. You had actually texted me some spot, what a spotting yeah. scope. You took him pictures in a spotting scope. Yep. Yep. Of this bear he called lucky, you know, that he had a couple different bow hunters and they just couldn't make it happen. And like I said, they can only hunt every other fall. So that's four years if he had two bow hunters in there. And I'm not sure exactly all that, but he had this history with this bear and he knew, he knew this bear because it was a cinnamon colored. Most of the bears I saw in this area were like a dark chocolate brown. This bear lucky was kind of a cinnamon lighter, especially its snout was more of a cinnamon lighter tan, whatever you call it. So anyway, Finally, it's time to go, and I get out there. So, yeah, would you yeah. Would go over just the process of getting there? I mean, what would that take? Yeah, that that's like when we've been to Alaska before, we go to Anchorage, and normally a, an outfitter picks us up there, and then we go fly right out of Anchorage where we're going to hunt, right? <clears throat> this, so if you know what Alaska looks like, like that and down here there's all the this little string of stuff right them islands in that peninsula they call it yep Aleutian islands i'm not i'm not sure what all they call oh anyway so i fly to anchorage but and every time we've been to alaska it's rainy and crappy you know and i've always kind of complained about that and and now after being on the peninsula that's a whole nother ball game of wind and rain because I guess because of the, the wind coming off the Bering Sea, we're on the Pacific side is where we're hunting. But, the, you know, it's only four or five miles across, you know, I think that strip may be wider in some areas. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I get to Anchorage. But on my way there, after I got to TR, I go to Denver because they Denver has a non-stop flight to Anchorage. I started doing that because in 98, when me and dad and my friend went on that unguided, we flew out of Kansas City to St. Paul and then to Anchorage. And when we lit in Anchorage and we're waiting for all our luggage, my gun don't show up. Oh, so after that trip, I said, I'll never do it. I'll, I'll drive seven hours to Denver and have TR take me to the airport. So I can do a nonstop, you know what I mean? And I'm oh, yeah. one of these guys, I'm one of these guys that's standing in the window watching them dudes load the plane looking for my gun case, hoping it's on there. <laughs> anyway, so when I went to TRs, then I got a message from Zach and Emily that the wind, oh, they're having 70 mile an hour winds <clears throat> on the peninsula and now we ain't going to fly out the next day. So I end up having to stay in a motel for a couple extra days in Anchorage. I was going to ask you, <laughs> what would you end up doing for two days? Just like walk around Anchorage and yeah, walk around check out Anchorage the sites with a bunch of homeless looking natives asking me for money and wanting to buy any liquor. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know if I was in a bad part of the town or what. Not sure. <laughs> So, yeah, I just farted around, watched TV, kept 
checking all my gear a million thousand trillion times over, you know, I don't know, farting around. Uh, so it was time to go. I meet Zach at this Lake Clark charter that we got to fly to the, where we went to Papoof Island or something like that. I think it was called. We get there. So was this a plane where you both rode or was it one of those that before I think you told me you had to do single guys at a, a shot? Was this both well, that, you rode in this? No, this plane was a like a charter that flew us like 400 miles from Anchorage or 300 and some. That's a long ways. Oh, yeah. Down. Yeah. Uh, so we get there and then that's where Matt and Emily's outfit is and they got the Super Cubs on the beach there that's when you get in one at a time but anyway the weather was bad we still didn't get to go out till the next morning and it was a like a window that we barely made it to where we got the hunt <clears throat> so now i'm gonna get to the hunt <clears throat> i'm in my own tent zach's in his there's sows all over the place with cubs so instantly as soon as you land i mean you're setting up camp and you're seeing bears already? Not while we're setting up camp, but when we flew in, there was some on the stream, you know. There's there's two streams come around this mountain, say they're a quarter mile apart. We set our tents up right in between, so all these bears are like the ones that get run off of one stream, walk right by camp, going to the, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> So you got a better feeling anyway going in than what you had the oh, last yeah. trip. But okay, yeah. hey, we're right where the bears are. We're we're sitting good. I'm all fired up. I'm all fired up. But Zach and I I I agree with him, you know, hundred percent. It's we're not gonna turn that call on unless it's a controlled situation. That's what he called it. So essentially and not so just going around just setting up like a blank like a cold call where you're just going to call and see what shows up. You're only going to call because you don't want all these other bears running in if you don't want to necessarily try to kill them, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And and if if we screw up and call a sow in, you know, that gets goes down the toilet, we end up having to kill her just because Ricky wanted to see a bear run up to the call 20 yards. You know what I mean? Then, yeah. Then everybody everybody's going to be in trouble including the outfitter because that's that's a no-no that's that is that's a no-no and they're there we're covered up with sows like the first evening set when we were setting close to this one stream i think there was five or six sows and they all had two to three cubs i mean they were everywhere so about the second day i just leave the call in the tent <laughs> I know <clears throat> Zach's worried. We're not, we're kind of like we're working this beach. It was a hunt like none I've never been on, you know, where we're glass and hiking, glass and hiking. It's like we're, we're working this beach, you know, we're not stinking it up. Scent was his 100% concern. And we were lucky that the, the way the wind was. And it was crappy. The wind was blowing. I tried filming, you know, just farting around when we're, and the rain was instantly messing up my little camera. And it just, it, the weather kind of got me down in the dumps. Honestly, I think maybe about day three between the, 
sows being all over the place and the, and the weather, I was questioning why I was even there. You know, it's kind of a mental, how would oh, you yeah, say that? Mental warfare, you know? I think, because they even say that, you know, when you go on the coat, they say, they act like they try to scare you from even going on the hunt. The, the weather, you're, if you're not ready to be cold and miserable and have high winds and be wet, then don't even come on this hunt. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, yeah. on the coast. It's just, it's nasty. I talked to guys when we got out of there back in Anchorage and they didn't get a bear and they didn't get a bear because the weather, they were socked in and me and Zach didn't, we were out in it because the bears that don't slow them down. But at this point so, you have one goal. Your one goal is to find this bear. He calls lucky. Right? Yeah. Had he been I up there earlier? Out. Was this the first time he'd been there this fall, or he'd been there on a previous hunt, like the week no, or two they prior? Only take, they only take one guy in there every other year. No one. Wow. That's why they got such big. They control it like a managed, you know, like guys trying to grow big whitetails. You know, we're only going to shoot one deer off this property. You know what I mean? That's yeah. how they do this. That's why they got such big bears because they ain't they ain't flying two or three guys in you know what i mean so yep. yeah it's it's strictly managed for big and and that's what i figured out too i would be happy with an eight footer i told zach knows i'd be happy with one that was still drinking milk if it came run up to the call <laughs> i don't care but that after day two i figured out from zach that yeah he called me coyote he's that's my nickname for zach he calls me coyote <laughs> So he says, Coyote, we're after Lucky or another bear that he calls the Nazi. I'm like, tell me about the Nazi. And he says, if we see the Nazi, we're going to call it. We're going to turn that call on because I got some black bear cubs, you know, in distress kind of sounds. It's actually just a pair of black cubs at a zoo fighting. Anyway, I said, why are you calling him a Nazi? He says, because several years in a row i've watched the nazi chase sows and their cubs and kill cubs we need him killed otherwise we're looking lucky's the bear we're looking for because he's a monster and i have history with him and i i i want to see lucky you know that was yeah that's that close man yeah so <clears throat> i'm like all right well maybe we, maybe we will see the nazi and i can turn this freaking call on but so, like I said, we just worked this beach. We looked for tracks every morning. It was kind what of was weird. Day, back up a little bit. What was the daylight situation like? How many hours of daylight were you guys well, dealing with? Getting ready to say, I, it didn't. It didn't seem like it was light enough to hunt till about eight thirty or nine o'clock in the morning. So I ain't gonna say we slept in, but we have breakfast, you know, and. <clears throat> go out to the beach and we would look and see what all had went by us in the night, study tracks. We'd walk a little ways to where we could see the streams and up in the alders and the side of the mountains and glass and he'd get his spot and scope out. We'd see, you know, bears and he'd, he'd say, uh, you know, maybe nine footer, not what, not what we're looking for. We'd go down and look at the other stream and glass <clears throat> and 
that's kind of what we did for a few days. What and time that, was it getting dark at that point? I don't know. Cause I never looked at the time. You know what I mean? You just, yeah. we stayed out. We stayed out. That's kind of how our hunt was. We'd post up and watch the stream till it was plumb dark and then hike back with the sows running around in the dark, which made me a nervous wreck. We <laughs> shot a pistol off at some sow, you know, in the ground in front of them to get them to run off. And one sow and cub didn't even act like it bothered her one night. Anyway, I'm not going to go into how scared I was. <laughs> And how so you I were in the tent. I mean, you were in the tent. I mean, was there more darkness than light that time of year? Oh, it was, was it, pitch black. But the night was longer. It wasn't like sometimes you can go there in Alaska. It might be light for 16 no. hours a day. You think it was maybe only eight hours yeah. or 10 hours of daylight? I'd say I'd say it was light enough to see about 830 in the morning, and it was dark at 7 o'clock at night. So whatever that okay. adds up to be. So yep. you guys at night, so you're you're in separate tents. Obviously, right next to your tents are right next to those. You can talk to each other or you hear yeah. each other. If, if he would say, Hey, we got a bear out of the tent, or you know, yeah, yep. And I'm not, that's all I'm going to go. I mean, I don't want everybody to know I'm a big sissy, but yeah, I was <laughs> off the record. I was scared to death. I had trouble sleeping at night. My heart was racing. I was fine in the daytime. I think it was just the not knowing. And then one day I knew where the water was, you know, where the stream back behind the tent, I don't know, 150 yards, 100 yards. I go get water and I don't know why I didn't take my rifle. Guess what? I walk over the bank by the stream and there's a freaking bear right where I was going to go get water. Luckily it bolted <laughs> out of there. Yeah. An idiot. Stupid. How many like nights said, do you actually hear bears outside your tent? Every night? I I ain't saying no more. Come on, I got to know this. Just how many uh, nights? I'll tell you when we go. <laughs> what, what was the question? Like, you would hear bears outside your tent? I thought I did, but Zach would say, settle down, Coyote. Put your <laughs> giant, giant fixed me up with some MP3 player to listen to music. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Right. And like, he'd say, put your, listen to your music, you idiot or whatever it didn't bother him at all i think because he was just you know used, used to, to it, it. yeah <laughs> he talked about how they'd watch them smash when they're off hunting watch a bear smash a tent down and destroy camp but he said that they'd never had that happen when they were inside of it but <laughs> in your mind you were thinking you were going to be some big brown bear burrito inside of that tent huh i think i let it get to me in the night I was fine in the daytime, you know, I don't, I don't know why. And when I'd put that music deal and listen to music, I'd get more nervous. Cause I'd be like, Did I hear? I you know, so <laughs> I don't know. I was nervous in the night, honestly. It, there was a lot of weird noises too. Like the, the, I'd never been along an ocean before and it was crazy how much the tide came up, you know, twice a day and then it'd go back down like the beach sometimes it'd only be 10 yards between the water and the bank right yeah. and then eight hours later you'd go out you'd be looking at the beach and it was a hundred yards across there you know what i mean <clears throat> yeah 
So <clears throat> I think <clears throat> maybe day four or five, we do our little morning stuff, get out on the beach. Zach's like, hey, come here and look at this. Huge bear tracks, like double the size of any track we'd seen so far. <clears throat> it's going along the beach, so we start following it. <clears throat> we get to where we can see this one stream where it seems like most most of the bears are normally. <clears throat> Zach, so so it, it kind of reminded me of the beach of a pond dam, right? It go like this is all the gravel and sand, and then up on top was where the grass would start. <clears throat> so he posted me up there when we got where we could see that stream, and he says, I'm going to follow follow this track on down, try to figure out where he went. <clears throat> Remember, this guy's all about scent. And he said a big bear like Lucky, you know, maybe 17, 20-year-old bear, human scent, see ya. Like, like you got to, like when, when that track went by, because the, <clears throat> the, our scent's blowing out into the ocean, right? So that bear... And you could see in his tracks when he went by our tent, he must have turned and then stood up on his back legs and looked at our, our tents are only 20 yards or less from the beach, right on the edge, you know. So yeah. it looked like he stood up and gave our tents a look. He didn't run off. He just went back to walking, you know, down the beach. So anyway, we go down. He posts me up where, where, like where we normally glass this stream. He says, I'm going to go on down, follow this, see if I can figure out where he went. And he, he kind of gets in the water, so he ain't leaving a scent, you know. You know what I'm saying? In the, oh, yeah. Where the bank's slapping up against the, you know, he ain't even leaving a track. I watch him. I'm mostly glassing him, you know, because I'm, like, curious watching him. And he gets to where the stream comes out in the ocean, and I can see he's trying to, figure out i don't know if the bear went up and fished a little bit and then he went on past the stream and he's glassing and glassing and then he comes back and he's all kind of happy you know and he's like we he's i think he's up in them holders right there i'll bet he'll be out here tonight fishing in the stream i'm like all right now, at this point does he think it's a, i don't does he think it's I, one of the big ones or he just knew it was a big big track yeah, I just knew it was a 10 foot big caliber you know he just he knows he knows it's a big bear that we're gonna hunt whether it's lucky or not <clears throat> he don't know if lucky could have wandered off and some other outfitter you know got him who knows yeah yeah i guess i don't know i didn't really ask him i could just tell this was a bear we were gonna hunt <clears throat> so we go back to camp kind of have an early lunch snacks i don't remember what we just ate dried food you know mountain house stuff you know what i'm talking about yep yep <clears throat> can't make a fire out there there ain't there ain't no trees out there anyway so we head back out and we post up this stream before it dumps into the ocean it's kind of got a little a little pond, I guess, that's about 30 yards across and maybe 50 yards, like we're, I don't know, a low spot, I guess, made a little pond there. That's kind of where we'd been hanging out anyway. And I'd think he'd, that's where he'd had 
had action was lucky in the past. So we're sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. The sows are all coming out like they do every evening. And it's getting about that time, <clears throat> like when I'm in a deer stand or when we're calling, you know, what do we call that? That last, you got two time for two stands. Oh yeah. I yeah. see you, I see you measuring the sun sometimes, right? Yeah. You know, or when I'm in a deer stand, it's when you, you get your bow out and you stand up because usually that's about time something's going to show up when the deer start really moving. So anyway, <clears throat> I'm thinking, man, and then 15 more minutes goes by and I'm like, oh man, the sun, I can't tell where the sun is. I never saw the sun the whole time. So I don't know where it's at. I can just tell it's getting, you know, that time of the evening. It's going to be dark in 30 minutes. <clears throat> I better, should I park him out of here, shouldn't I? <laughs> Who's that, Sig? Hold on, I'll be back. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> Sig's coming to check out the action. Sig might sound familiar to some of you, if you ever looked at Rick's sounds. It's a secret weapon, recording sounds. He's probably gonna keep barking, so we have to. That's all right. We'll, we can we're, we can go without about, him. We're about done. <laughs> okay, so it's about you know dark, and I'm starting to think. Well, Zach's watching the stream, and I'm up on. He's kind of on the side of the bank, and I'm up on the top, watching the stream in this little pond, I guess you call it. And oh, I see black bear hide just about eight inches, you know, like it's it's over this bank, and all I can see is fur. So I holler at Zach, and he comes up there and glad. And this was another thing that was kind of weird. I'm always sneaking and hiding and peeking, you know, and man, I don't know we just get up there and we're just looking, you know, I would be more trying to not be sneaky. Stay, yeah. More. Yeah. Less sneaky, I guess. So, <clears throat> so we're standing up on this bank now and then <clears throat> Zach sees him, but can't tell just yet exactly, you know, he's studying on him. They, they do a lot of looking at him, you know, and studying on him, making sure, I guess it's what we're looking for. <clears throat> But he was going away, headed towards our tents. I was messing around with the swaggers because <clears throat> the, the, how I had them was when I got, I had a predator seat and everything and I got in it because <clears throat> I could tell Zach was like that this was the bear we're looking for. I don't, I ain't, is it lucky? You know, I ain't doing nothing. I just know that I think we're going to shoot this bear because it's big. <clears throat> so I'm fumbling around there. I'm like, dang, you know how we are with our seats and our swagger, you know? Oh, we're yeah. Crap. The grass and crap's too tall. But luckily, I had took 
them long, the, you know, them longer ones. Where you oh, the, like the QD, up. what's that? The QD 72? Yep. Swagger? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The one you can so, stand up with. I quick got them all stretched out and stood up. <clears throat> and now all I can just see is he's back end and he's about to our tents. And then he stands up and looks at the tents. And that's when I realized this thing's huge. You'd never seen a 10 footer, huh? Is that what you realized up to this point? I don't even think I'd ever seen an eight and a half footer at that point. <laughs> that distance, I would say he was probably hundred and some yards away from us at that time. 150 maybe. And I'm, I'm like, I want to shoot him. You know, I can shoot him wherever, you know, and he's like, He's adamant that I'm going to shoot him like a deer, a double lung, because he's like, you don't shoot no shoulder. If we got to go in the alders looking for a wounded bear, if you double lung it, we know it's dead. And I, I understand, you know, but you hear guys talking about, oh, you break them down, shoot them in the, sh you know, <clears throat> that ain't how Zach does it. You, you, you double lung this thing. And then when we do go look for it, then we know it's dead shoot it in the shoulder and it gets away this guy's got away with words he's like if it if you need help you know after after you shoot and i don't you know i think i need to shoot i'm gonna be i said yeah shoot shoot all you want i ain't worried about it he says i'll throw an anchor out and get him <laughs> he, he has a way with words that's pretty cool i think the guy ought to write you know books or something because he really has a unique way with how he talks so anyway <clears throat> I'm, I'm wanting to kill this thing, you know, I'm like, I can kill him. He says, Oh, he's checking our tent out. I mean, he just, he knew what that bear was going to do and he did exactly what he said. So he goes, he goes down there and checks our tents out. He drops back down and he walks right up the beach, right, right at us. And then <clears throat> he's, I'd say 40 or 50 yards away and he's looking at us. I'm nervous wreck now. Not, not like having an adrenaline dump or nothing. I'm just ready to kill him. You know, I'm like, I can shoot that sucker. Right. You know, and, and Zach's like, he'll, he'll, he's just settle down coyote, settle down coyote. <laughs> so then he, he turns broadside and boom, shoot him again, coyote, boom. Shoot him again, coyote. Boom. And then, and then he wasn't really even moving around. He didn't really, he didn't run or he didn't do nothing, you know. He just. So you were shooting a 338? 338, 250 grain Hornady interlocks. So that first shot, did he like did he even whip around like something? I've seen some of these and they whip around like something bit him or something, you know, they nope. kind of don't even know what happened. He kind of, in my mind, he did like a cartwheel, you know, but was right back on his feet, still walking. Boom. The second one, I think he was done in because the third one, he wasn't really, he was still kind of upright, kind of wobbling around. And then the fourth one, Zach's like, shoot him again, coyote. And I, I said, I think he's done. He said, I said, shoot him again, coyote. <laughs> So <laughs> you're like, Hey, ammo's hard to find. I don't know if I want to waste this, uh, $3 round here. You want to know what the ultimate meat report is? A is 250 a, grainer hitting a, 
a bear? 1500 pound bear. I mean, that is, if you would stack up 10 of our coyote meat reports and make them all one sound, this is still yeah. loud. Man. It was crazy. <laughs> like Not a paddle a slap in the water or what? Like even louder yeah. than that? Yeah, louder than that. It was crazy. So, what was I just thought of? Oh, not a one of them bullets went through that dude either. I suppose that ain't out of the ordinary either. Not even in the off fur, you know. I don't know. They did good. They killed yeah. him good. He he didn't even need the last two. <clears throat> I was still in awe because I knew I knew then how big it was, but walking up to it and getting to it, just like the pictures, <coughs> people are. <clears throat> accusing me of dummying up them pictures, you know, like I'm behind okay. it five. I'm right up against this back end. I did hold the paw out, you know, like this. I mean, I wasn't going to put it under my chin, but the, the, the front paw is probably as wide as both my hands together like that. And, you know, I asked a million people have asked me how much it weighed. And I asked Zach that too. And he looked at me, you know, and said, well, you think we're going to fly a chopper in here and weigh him? Or, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he don't know either, but he, he guessed between 12 to 1500. It squared 10, eight. I'm going to have it fully mounted standing up in here, but I'm going to do a three quarter upright. I, I don't, I want you to be able to see his face and everything. You know, if you just do it standing straight up, you, you would be, be yeah. basketball hoop height up there. Well, Zach, and I just took it to the, the taxidermy yesterday. I got it back salted. I mean, it ain't been to a tannery yet. They're going to get it headed to the tannery next week, but the, the taxidermy thought maybe at me doing a, a three quarter upright, that he'll probably be nine feet tall. Wow. <laughs> so, how long did it take him? So this is kind of the cool stuff I think about a hunt like this. How how long did it take him to skin that bear on the beach? Well, we had troubles with the like the tide the coming in. Yeah, we forgot we. So so Zach's like, let's get some pictures and let's get the skin. And I'm like, man, this is this is the bear lucky this is the i mean i'm never gonna have so a at this point he knows it's lucky did yeah. he know it was lucky the whole time or did he tell you throughout this as you're getting ready to kill it that hey this is lucky or he didn't tell you till after after especially i think because of the color i think i don't know if he knew i never did ask him the whole time but <clears throat> anyway yeah he wants to skin it and i'm like it's just about dark because we stood up there on the bank for a little bit I think just wait until he was sure that thing didn't twitch, you know, because I suppose if you get down there, even, a, I mean, you know, that thing. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so we kind of stood there for a few minutes, taking it all in, walked down there. <clears throat> I was dumbfounded. He wasn't on his back like he was with the pictures. He is like his one whole front, like he, fell down front first and he's one leg and shoulder you know what i mean he was kind yeah. of assy yeah, yeah i got on him and started rocking him and zach's like you can't move it you can't roll him over but i think with that <coughs> that shoulder wadded up underneath of him 
either that or I had some tremendous Superman, like when somebody saves a human, you know. <laughs> when you got all the adrenaline going. But Zach was laughing, said, you can't roll it. But I think because of that <clears throat> leg, how it was rolled up underneath of him. And then he rolled over how the pictures were. Okay. So Zach's like, we're going to scan. I, I finally talked him into wait until in the morning and i said maybe it'll clear off and we'll get these beautiful because the mountains you know and oh yeah he's like yeah lucky deserves that <clears throat> plus it was dark then anyway i just didn't want no crappy flash pictures you know yeah yeah we go back to camp and <clears throat> he fixes us celebratory uh, mountain home yeah I did. There's one that I kind of got where I liked. I might go buy some just so I can cook some when Cindy ain't around. <laughs> it was spaghetti and meatballs. Pretty dang good. <laughs> anyway, so we, we ate. <clears throat> Zach's hollering at me. I'm in my tent. He's like, you idiot. What? We forgot about the tide. It could cover Lucky up in the ocean, have him. I'm wash like, him out. Oh, shit. <clears throat> so we get all back I'm wet everything I got's wet by this day in the hunt just I don't know just from the wind blowing and looking into it you know coming in here like this he had he had some kind of a Kodiak jacket or something he looked like I told him he looked like the there's a scary movie where some guy's dressed up like a somebody that got off the ocean you don't remember what it's called like an old sailor guy yeah what is that movie it's like that he's killing them kids yeah i don't know i'm not a scary movie fan you know like yeah. a big long slick jacket like yeah it comes clear yeah. down to it yep yeah yeah almost like a big cowboy duster coat almost but it's made yeah. for the fishman whenever he'd look at me this is about all i could see of him the whole time you know what <laughs> i mean his eyes and nose <laughs> yeah anyway <clears throat> that must be the jacket to have out there plus he wore he wore waterproof he wore his regular hunting boots and waterproof socks that came clear up to his knees like 100 huh. percent waterproof socks <clears throat> i did take uh bib chest waders <clears throat> but i just hate them things you got got to strip down naked to take a pee out of them you know what i mean well and zach could probably be able to outrun you in those as well if you started being chased by a bear you don't want to yeah. be slow I, he could probably outrun me anyway <laughs> but anyway, so, so we go back out there and the tide you can tell it's coming up already and <clears throat> and then that we just sat out there and watched the tide. it did come up and kind of start slapping on him and then when it <clears throat> started going back down then we went and he slept but i didn't i was too, <laughs> I was too up. finally it got light and we went out and it took us however many hours it was light we were out there about light snapped some pictures the wind was blowing like crazy raining snapped in pictures started skinning and then about eight hours later the tide's slapping up against him again while we're skinning and 
I had got, we couldn't turn that thing over no matter what to both of us. We'd gotten some like logs, like looked like boat wreckage, you know, because there ain't no trees there. Yeah, yeah. And we'd kind of dig out from underneath his back, you know, and I'd wedge one of them in there and try to, we just, we couldn't roll that dude over. <clears throat> so it made it that much harder <clears throat> to skin because once we got down to, you know, where he was laying, then I'd push real hard and wedge some logs under so Zach could keep skinning under his back there. It, it took us, it was dark. It was dark before we got him skinned. And then we drug him up there and folded him up and went and ate and got up the next morning. We slept in, got up the next morning, and there was a wolf track on the beach. So I go get the call, and I'm hollering at Zach because we're going to start fleshing him and Peleus, you know, he's doing all that work, you know, scraping yeah, yeah. and paws and everything. <clears throat> I'm like, can I call? Can I call? Yeah. Yeah, we'll try it. So before we start working on Lucky, we walk up the beach about to where that stream is, put the call out there. <clears throat> oh, this was kind of strange, too. My mind, I kept glassing before before he was ready to go, you know. I kept glassing, thinking maybe that wolf was up there chewing on the carcass, right? never did see nothing so we get our we get our gear ready snacks rough neck head down to the beach i'm following the wolf tracks <clears throat> when he gets about 20 yards from lucky it peels out like a coyote that smelled a human and runs up the beach and runs off ain't that weird it was air, air carcass Cause it was it went by our tent, so it wasn't scared. It had to smell us, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it scared it. Anyway, we we go make you know I played a bunch of different stuff. Nothing shows who that the way wolves are. It could have already been ten miles away. That's the thing about them. I mean, oh yeah, you just have to be in place at the right time. So then that day went by, and then that evening. Matt, he's the owner, sent Zach a text. They got these in reach that he calls them. I have a satellite phone, but they, they text instead of call that bad weather was coming in. Zach said, okay, we'll play around now. We'll go, you know, fart around if you want to try to call one. We're not going to mess with no sows, but we can find a boar a little boar somewhere or something i just want to see one run up and smash that call <laughs> yeah yeah oh but i was happy with farting around a little bit but then matt sent zach a text and said we got a storm worse than the first one rolling in you're gonna where i might have a two-hour window to get you guys out of there tomorrow morning if you want out zach hollered and told me that and i said hell yes <laughs> so that's how that's how it went <clears throat> so a little bit about the bear did you take the skull did you, did you end up getting oh. the skull oh yeah. yeah 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 and you told me in a text you know you and i had this is the first time i've heard this story from you you know we've texted back and forth since you've been back you know a few weeks ago um you told me zach has, has probably skinned 150 bears yep that's what he and, told me 
and this, this was this was the biggest one he's ever skinned huh yep that's crazy i mean what's this so you know not that you maybe care but like where's this probably going to sit in the record books you think obviously you probably had that conversation with zach i mean do you not, ever say anything about that not really i don't think it was the tallest bear he's ever skinned but sheer mass whatever that means and my taxidermy guys like we have never seen one with the girth just sheer mass i i don't know zach i didn't really ask him if it was the tallest one he just kept saying but they go off mass. of uh like for boone and crockett and stuff like that they'll go off skull measurements right yeah that's the skull the skull measurements and i think it's a big skull but i don't think it's no i'm so it's probably boone and crockett but i don't think it's going to be you know one of the biggest bears ever I, Zach act like it was kind of a young bear that just had the right genetics. You know really? what I'm saying? I think he maybe he? has got bigger skulls. They measure them with a great big C clamp. You know what I mean? And you don't do that till after it's, what do you call it? Yeah. I, it's going to be a big skull, but I don't think it's going to be. See, if you back up 50 years or 40 years, there was, there was a, 11 12 feet tall bears this is 10 8 right yeah yeah so that's crazy they live so long and get so big i i don't know it, it's so definitely what, it, so it'll be a boone and crockett bear so what's next now i mean uh did, is right. your fantasy fantasy fulfilled now or not because it wasn't like a brave heart I got, yeah, it wasn't like a brave heart and I didn't call it in. So no, and that's my excuse <laughs> to go back. So if you ever will go to Alaska and hunt, it'll get your, it'll get its hooks in you. Man hadn't wrecked it yet. And I think that's what draws me. You know, I didn't like the weather. I didn't like the beach. I didn't like the wind. I didn't, the, this coastal deal was just and just working that beach, you know, it really wasn't like, like I want to go hiking, call, yeah, over yeah. The hill, call over the next hill, call. That's what I want to do. So they, when we got back out of there, Zach had been telling me about, they got all this land in the Brooks range. <clears throat> he said, hell, there's more grizzlies. They're, they're interior grizzlies. They ain't half this big. And I don't care about that. I just want to see some run up to the call, you know, and, zach say that one he ain't too big i'd pass on him when he gets here you know <laughs> you know what i mean that's that's what i want to do and then when we got out of there matt and emily and zach said you gotta you gotta come to the brooks range because there's more grizzlies there we saw wolves all over the place and matt told me he said half my clients they don't even buy a wolf tag when they come out here so we can't even shoot them so i'll be going back to the brooks range well, that's got my attention. The wolves. I yeah. don't have a. I don't have the fantasy for the bears like you do, but uh, mine's probably more on the wolf side. They they said they don't know how many wolves they saw. They're they're in the Brooks Range in August. That will be an August hunt because that's like starting to turn winter yeah. there. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of these days we'll we get the last stand a little bit bigger. Maybe we'll make a little filming trip. Everybody can watch it unfold. We'll go up to the Brooks Range and. Call yeah, a bear and shoot a wolf. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm definitely going to with or without your ass. <laughs> yeah, when you told me you're gone for like 20 days, I yeah, my wife, Gina, she might right now might look at me like I'm pretty crazy if I told her I was going to be gone for three weeks. But yeah, one of these I days. Have, 
I have to admit that is the older I get. I mean, I don't like that part of it either. It's, I worry about the grandkids. I worry about, you know, you just start, you, you, if you start thinking like that, then it starts eating at you. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coastal wasn't, it was a blast and I'm honored. You know, I got to do what I got to do because most people don't never, you know, and to shoot the bear that I shot, it's, it still don't seem real. It was so big, but it's not the hunt I'm looking for. You know, I want, and Zach told me, he said, this brook, it's rolling tundra and we'll just, he said, you can run that call till the batteries die on. (laughs) And he said, it works here they're hungry they're get. they don't have salmon they don't have the stuff to eat like these bears on these salmon runs you know so oh, yeah he, he said and the calling works there so we'll see uh, well we'll start planning we'll start planning man i got well, if you want to see oh uh, well you kind of are your grandpa already you know got a few know. years on you <laughs> well if you want to see some pictures of rick's bear what you're you got you post pictures on your facebook page yeah yeah, yep. you can Check go find it. it on Rick's Facebook, just under Rick Pallette, P-A-I-L-L-E-T. Search it. Instagram, too? Did you share yeah. them over there, too, or just your Facebook? I think just my Facebook right just now. Facebook. I'm like, supposed to be doing my Instagram. Gotcha. Well, when you're big time, when you're big time, you got to have somebody doing your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, big time. Right? <laughs> big time, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, man, I appreciate it. That was awesome finally hearing that story from him. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, you know, once again, I always like to give Rick a plug. You know, if if you're interested in a, in a Lucky Duck e-call or getting some of his sounds for your for your Lucky Duck call, visit his website. It's verminatorpc.com. But uh, thanks for being on. Yep. Sorry. Um, yep. Finally glad to hear it. Yeah. But uh, I want to thank Lucky Duck. And along with our other sponsors, we've got Swagger, Sig Sauer Optics. Um, you can find links uh, both on the Eastman's page and my my website as well. Thanks to Eastman's for uh, allowing me to to put this podcast together for you guys. If you want more information on myself or to find uh, information on the Last Stand episode that both Rick and I co-host together and film on YouTube, um, you can find that on my website, and that's coyotecraze.com, or you can find me on Instagram. Uh, just search G-E-O-F-F. I'll be the, probably the only Jeff that comes up on there. So uh, once again, thanks to Rick. Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time.